Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm on air. Yes, I am. It's the arts programme coming to you from Ross FM in the heart of uh, Roscommon. I have a packed show and I'm already out of breath. Yes, because we've been chatting and chatting and chatting so much I didn't get time to put my programme together. I know I did. I did. (laughs) They're all laughing. Let me see if I can get the the, the ladies on microphones. Uh, Microphones. No, they're not on yet. Now they're on. So I have Paula Kerr in the, in the audience with me. I have Paula Kerr in the studio with me. Hello, Paula. Good afternoon, Ashla. Welcome. It's lovely to see you again. And it's a long time since um, long time since we chatted. I suppose it is, really. Yeah, time time goes so fast. And it's a long time since we got to know each other as well. It is a back long in, time. In, uh, back in the day in Hudson Bay. That's right. Ten years. Ten years. We also Eleven have... Eleven years. Ten years. Ten years. Sorry. Ten years. It's a long time. We'll get back to Paula in a few minutes and we'll chat with Paula about upcoming events. Uh, Paula is the nanny of Join Our Boys and we have Rita Oates in studio with us um, later on. She'll be joining us in studio and uh, she is the owner of the art gallery here in um, Roscommon and uh, George will be having an exhibition uh, in that art gallery starting in November. So we'll catch up with with them later on. Um, Anna Geraghty smith Anne. Yeah. Anne. <laughs> you brought the chestnuts. I brought the chestnuts again. It's become a, it's become a, a ritual with us. <laughs> Every year Anne comes around chestnut time. She's a bit like Santa. She comes at Samhain with her chestnuts. Well, actually, I started off the chestnuts and then you took That's up right. the mantle. Yeah, did, yeah. 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 So um, Anne, Anne has a, a book which is uh, launching. Yeah. And uh, do you want to tell us the name of the book? It's called uh, Longford's Ancient Ways. Um, and it's kind of a celebration, really, of the beauty of Longford, um, uh, the heritage and mythology, folklore, um, uh, the biodiversity in Longford, and uh, and it's just a celebration of of uh, how lovely it is. Because we tend to forget, we only you know we often hear just bad stories about Longford when actually it's it's. Uh, Where's the other book? It's. Uh, <laughs> It's book. beautiful. I don't know. Do well off. Did you get to reach? I think. No, I didn't. Did you sorry, sorry, listeners. I'm running around trying to find the other book. And guess oh. what? I have it here behind me. Oh. Oh. It's uh, it's one of them days. I do have the book behind me. Here I have it now. Uh, Longford Ancient Ways and it's Anne Geraghty Smith and uh, Annette Cochrane that have put this together. Now you come from a long line of people who delve in, um, when I say delve, yeah. research, um, biodiversity, yeah. history, um, mythology. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, like yes, um, our, our our uncle was one of the one of the founders of of um, the Longford Historical Society and. Uh, and because of that, I suppose I had a lot of um, a lot of his copies of the Chowa book that comes out every every year, um, and uh, we've a long line of teachers in our family as well, and uh, uh, a history and all that. So we're we're very much into that, and we've been running Ard Heritage now for nearly twelve years. I think I think it's twelve years. This is only twelve years. <laughs> I think it's about twelve years. It could be more now. <laughs> uh, 2011 was our open day. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we're there. That and uh, and now we go to schools um, with the Hirsch and School Scheme and uh, do a lot of uh, research in the history of those areas and the heritage of those areas and kind of I uh, I suppose the the object is to give everyone a pride of place. So we, you know when you go into a school you. 
you're teaching the children about how lovely their own place is and then they've when you love your place you mind your place so I suppose that's where the book came from as well it's um, the whole idea is that uh, you just you, you can read through the stories and and little bits of information and to look at all the pictures there's lots of beautiful pictures in it and uh, and it just hopefully will make people love it and love Longford and mind Longford and I, and I get I get what you're saying if you get to love your little spot yeah it spreads out that's that's and the next yeah. school along loves their little spot yeah. so our two schools coming together love our spot yes and our team our football yeah. whatever uh, it spreads yeah it spreads like and that. then yeah. the mythology of Longford yes and mythology like is like um it's very important actually it's uh, that's how our ancient people taught these lessons and uh you know so i suppose that's why we have in each section we've based we've broken up the book into into the four festivals of Samhain, Imbolc, uh, Baltana and um, Alunasa and for each one of them we've put in a legend that is related to Longford like it could be related to lots of places in the country as well but, but it has but a it place has Longford in Longford in as, well. as well so and then we have um, uh, bits about different plants for that time of year and stories um, inspired by Longford and, and lots pictures. and lots of photographs and art um, Annette created all the art pieces in it and uh, the photographs are mainly Annette's and some of them are mine and you said you were the water baby <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I don't know if that's what you said <laughs> that's not what I said but yeah yeah, um, yeah most, of the, most of the river and lake ones are mine <laughs> I, I tend to I have a, a bit of a graph for lockdown I don't know whether you were keeping an eye on no. doing that um, yeah I did I did the the dip a day for multiple cirrhosis in Lockdown. <laughs> yeah, so. You did? Yeah. So, yeah. And where did you go uh, in Ghana? Um, Fitch's Point. So, um, the other side of Mullinyakta. You just go out of Mullinyakta and... Uh, and uh, it's a, a little, lovely a little place. Uh, place on the left-hand side. Yeah, it's a lovely place to swim. It's kind of a car park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know the place very, yeah. very well. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I do, I do. Yeah. I actually know somebody who owned it at one time. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it very, very well, so yeah. I do. Uh, Ghana is a lovely, the, the Lake of the Cow, I think it's called. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, lovely. Yes, yeah, a lovely, lovely area. Yeah, so and, uh, some lovely photographs of that in it. Um, and there's photographs of all over Longford, uh, you know. Um. And the town that came through Longford, didn't it? It did, yeah. So it came into Longford at Clondra and then through and over and out of Longford at Granard. I didn't know it came through Clondra. Yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So it would, you see, you would have had to, co- it's wherever it could find the easiest spot to cross the Shannon. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's news to me. I definitely yeah. have to get the book. Yeah. But what I can say about the book, and um, I say, Paula, you can say the same thing. There's a lovely feel to the book. Oh, it's beautiful. I was just flicking through it. I was trying to be really quiet so that no, my would right. pick it up. <laughs> but um, I just, for somebody, obviously, that isn't Irish, but has lived here for quite a while now, I love the fact that, you know, how you've put in the Irish text and then the English to explain the festivals and the lovely photographs. So it's it's really educational, but it's it's easy. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? That it, it's very, I suppose the word we use is accessible, isn't it? That I, it would be very interesting for anyone to read and the photographs are lovely. I was actually thinking to myself earlier on, um, for somebody living abroad from mm, Longford would make a lovely, uh, lovely gift. gift. Yeah, it would. Beautiful it would actually gift. be a lovely... Christmas present and it's something you keep and well I hope we'd hope you keep and hand down I could see it like that as well as as something that you would hand down it's not a book 
it's not a book that you're going to read from end to end and say no. that's it. I'm, I'm no, it. I suppose it's a coffee table book. Is yes, what we describe it. It's yes. A4. It's hardback, so it'll it'll be solid and it's uh, gloss pictures and we we kind of we had that in mind that it would be something people would keep and pass down um, and it's it's kind of it is educational but it it should be fun it'd be a great book you know. for the library yeah wouldn't yeah, you actually yeah. Yeah. do you know anyone in the library <laughs> <laughs> I have, I'm, I'm planning to go in I haven't gone in with it yet we'll ask them now you caught me off the hop really now. <laughs> before I got to the library <laughs> sorry yeah. I get uh, first you got me first <laughs> yeah. yeah I have to bring it in yeah um, well like I mean we have it, there's there, there was you know the way when you when you get your your code they keep it back so it's gone to the National Library like so yeah and That's I think it. I was just thinking there would say for an older person mm. who's um, able to read I, I don't mean they're uh, literate I mean mm-hmm. I'm saying no, an older person who's still able to read and see yeah. and that sort of thing uh, that would be an interesting book as well especially yeah. if you're in a nursing home from Longford or yeah. Longford Roots yeah yeah well actually my mother has us sitting beside her in the sit room and she, she, she could look through it even you know some of the stories and the photographs are so lovely that it bring back, brings back memories of places mm. and yeah. your mum from Longford as well oh she is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay I just um, yeah. yeah it would bring like I only had a quick look through it here now while we were chatting before the programme and I'm from Longford but straight away there's things in that I can see that I need to go and look at again yeah. and uh, Paula you're from Wales originally isn't yeah, it that's yeah that's right yeah. so for really you beautiful place it is. <laughs> it's lovely. It's very like Ireland, and I think the Welsh, you know, the Celts, the Welsh, the Scottish, and the Irish, we're very, very similar. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. We are. You yeah. know, there's no getting away from it. Yeah. Our value system, I think, is very similar, and our love for the outdoors and history, and yeah. you know, um, and actually, some of this mythology is very similar to your mythology. Mm. If you read through it, you go, "That's our story," yeah. because the Welsh and the Irish stories are so yeah. like, yeah, yeah. We 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 transferred them over and back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think we have something, it's called grow. We have a love, a deep love down inside yeah. of who we are. Yeah, and I'm from. sure every other nationality yeah, has. Of course. Each nationality has, but just, it's something that's recognised. I, I think there's a commonality, <coughs> isn't yeah. there? That there's a sense of, of belonging mm-hmm. between mm. the, Engl- the, the Welsh, Welsh, the Scottish, Scottish and, and the, the Irish. Irish. Very much so. Very much so. Um, <coughs> how many pages I'll ask another question. Ask me another question. I don't know. Oh, look, look, you ask questions. Oh, look, it says uh, 176 is the last number. And how long did it take you to do that? Well, I actually, um, um, I wrote a big bulk of it a couple of years ago. And uh, and then Annette uh, researched the plants and wrote that um, um, uh, since then. And then he said that a lot of it was gathering the photographs then and the art and, and putting it together in a and we hope a beautiful way. It so, it, so it actually beautiful. took a few years, you know, <laughs> <coughs> because uh, it, you know, whereas uh, it, when, when we started out, we didn't realise it was going to be such a big project, you know. So, um, but yeah, it took a couple of years. But really. you, you've covered mythology, yeah. art, yeah, um, uh, flowers, whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there's yeah, there's 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 um, yeah, there's a uh, for each for each uh, See, time of the year yeah. we have picked one, like we picked. Um, Yarrow, and we picked uh, the dandelion, and you know, you know, different things that people can can yeah. uh, can look at, and and and, uh, um, and dandelion. Yeah, that's the yellow flower, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that's you can make tea out of that. Am I right? Oh, no, you can you can make tea out of that, is right, and it's very good for 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 kidney. for your kidneys. Yeah, um, 
And yeah, and there's lovely pictures on it. And uh, now Annette wrote this one. Can I read a bit yeah. about it? Yeah. So Dandelion. Once upon a time, a man was selling seeds at a fair. All the people gathered round him and he told them to sow the seed for one year and it'll grow for ten. The people believed him and he made a large sum of money of selling the seed. When they went home, they sowed the seed and after some time, nothing came up but dandelions. In recent years, there's been a campaign to let your dandelion bloom for early food for the bees. There are not many places in the county that are dandelion free, but rather than trying to eliminate this sunny plant, we could make use of all the parts. The leaves are good in salads, the roots can be roasted to make a coffee substitute, and dandelion oil, made from soaking the flowers in olive oil, can be used for muscle pains. And it goes on to that, and we kind of reference then where we, where we, where we got the information from and stuff. And actually, we've just seen that the flowers and olive oil. We're actually in Corlay this Saturday doing um, um, Corlay Bog, that's Corlay the interpretive yeah. centre. Uh, from 11 to 1, and it's, it's for adults only, but um, we're doing um, uh, what you can make out of uh, plants now at the moment and uh, uh, stories as well. So I just when I saw that flower, we'll be putting things in oil. <laughs> and, 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 and just Curley Bog is near Kina. That's right, yeah. County Longford. And it's part of the bog track. It is, yeah. The railway track. Yes, there's a there's an ancient Iron Age road there that you can go and visit. Um, and it's linked into the sto- one of the stories that we have in the book, uh, the wooing of a tain. Um, in that story, they talk about a road that was in the bog and when they dated the road bog, uh, the, the bog road um, it was around the same time as we had a high king Oki who is in the story so the stories knew about it before we found it <laughs> so yeah it's a very important a high king high king Oki yeah never heard of him I yeah well he's in the story of the wooing of oh, Tate you're going to have to, have to, to read that story and <laughs> <laughs> have to get the book so well yeah yeah so yeah, yeah so um, yeah that's, uh, it's just it's interesting that the story and the and the, and the archaeology finally kind of came, came together. together and that's happened a lot in recent times and, and, and am I right or am I wrong did that um, road come from Ishnak? Well, they're not quite sure about that because, of course, there was damage done, so we yes. haven't got all the road. But there is a theory that but a lot of roads all went towards the Ishna. heart of Ireland. Ishna. Yeah, yeah. But um, because I suppose you'd have to do more more archaeological research to see that. But a lot of it with you know the harvesting and stuff, to kind of there's yeah. only little bits left. But they do. There is a theory that yeah, all these roads that led to Ishnock. Ishnock, yeah. yeah, the central point of Ireland, the yeah. navel of Ireland, the heart of Ireland, yeah. the fifth province. Yeah. See, I do. I, I am listening, Anne. Now yeah. again. I do listen to when, when you're putting things up on 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 Facebook. And if we wanted to um, get your book. Yeah, well, we're having a launch. (laughs) We're having a launch in Arda, first of all, on the 7th of November at 7pm. So we thought that was 7-7. And uh, it's it's kind of at the end of Samhain, the celebration period. We're still in in the month of Samhain. And Um, Arda, where in Arda? In the Heritage Centre. And the Heritage Centre is on one of the little roads out of Arda. uh, Yeah, uh, towards Edgerstown. Towards Edgerstown, Yeah, so you go into the village and... uh, you turn left as if you're going to Edgetown and it's on the left okay. at the end of the woods. It's so you have no It is an old schoolhouse as well. Yeah. And there's a little, you have statues and things there. Yeah, as well. there's a beautiful statue of Midern uh, Tain transforming into uh, swans. Uh, uh, that's well worth seeing. It's actually Eamon O'Doherty's um, statue. So, uh, okay, and that's, a, that's more the heritage of Longford. Yeah, yeah. 
See, I'm not very good on my heritage of long. You'd have to get me booked, you really will. <laughs> Listeners, you'd have to bring me to long first. No, I'll make it my way over there this year. I said yeah. last year I would, but yeah. I, I didn't. But yeah. I will this year make my way over to Longford. So it's in the Heritage Centre in Arda, yeah. and that's just outside of Longford. And Arda itself is a, um, a beautiful uh, stone town. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was created by the, the landowners at the time. The Feathersons uh, created this little stone village and it all faces the big house. Um, and it's, it would remind you of um, Emmerdale. That's what it kind of looks like. It's it does, stone. actually. Yeah, it's very like, it's an installation. And you don't, you have to visit Ardy. You can't just come across it because it's not on the road to anywhere. Um, while we're near Edgerton, Ballymount and Longford, you have to come out of them. Yeah, to you go have to go to the back road into yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So it's going to be launched on 7th of the 7th yeah. 7th of November, November at 7 o'clock in Arda, um, Arda Heritage yeah. Centre and um, will it then be on sale in shops? Yeah, well we're going to have to go around yeah. as I said, you got me before we went anyway <laughs> I haven't gone around yet to, to shops Before but. we finish up, will you tell me about the chestnuts? Oh, tell the chestnuts. us all about the chestnuts yes, okay. um, Well I brought in uh, for you to see them in, in uh, uh, of course you can nobody else can see them but um, a way back um, we came across information that said if you mashed up your chestnuts yeah. you could use them for washing powder that's right yeah so so, um, so what you have to do is well obviously you have to collect your chestnuts which is great fun anyway uh, so you collect your chestnuts and then you you uh, chop them up so I use a food processor to chop them up and then you lay them lay them flat and uh, in a low oven dry them out and the idea of that is that you can have them for a long time so I brought you a jar that is actually I think last year's and it's still fine because they were dried out but you can you can do it straight away either if you want to without drying it out um, what you do with that then is you put you get a jam jar and you put a third of it as the chestnut and then uh, the other two thirds is warm water and you sh- close it and shake it and every time you go by it shake it and <laughs> leave it for about 24 hours and then you strain off the liquid and you can use that liquid in your washing machine and the, you use the, uh, the chestnuts for about three you can use it about up to three I've, I've managed to do it up to three times now it does get less potent but um, you can use it up to three times and then it goes straight into your compost so it's so good mm. because you're just you know you're just using nature to clean your clothes and it goes straight into the compost. And it does work. I've used it for years now. We were trying to figure out how long. It must be five years. Must be that long yeah, since yeah, we've been... Um, five years. And it was, yeah, and it was. You, you, you put up a post. <laughs> and I went, I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, and it, I put up a post about chestnuts and Anne went up and did. I knew there'd be a few people who mm, would do it. Yeah, would just, yeah, and yeah. Anne was one of them. And I think every year then you've been on radio with me. Yeah, since, every So Anne, I wish you and Annette all the best with your Thank book. You it's a beautiful book. It showed up to, to me there again. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Longford Ancient Ways and uh, there's beautiful mythology, folklore, biodiversity uh, and uh, beautiful pictures in it as well. Yeah, beautiful pictures. Uh, most of the pictures are Annette's artwork. She's she's an artist, a very very quiet one, <laughs> but she makes beautiful art. But the whole book is, is, is something to treasure, so it is. And yeah. um, I wish you all the best with it. So that's... Um, 
and Gertie Smith uh, uh, and thank you very much for coming and joining thank us you. and we'll be back in a few minutes so we will and with us at that stage we will be talking to Rita Oates and uh, Paula Kerr so here I am I'm back on air do you know what I'm not able to keep up with myself today it's a full time job really here so it is I lost uh, Anne's book earlier on and it was me that had it after me running around the studio looking for it can I welcome Rita Oates and um, uh, Paula Nocton to our studio and Paul we were chatting earlier on Rita you're welcome oh, thank you very much it's always a pleasure to be here and chat with you thank you very very much um, you have a beautiful uh, shop in town and you also have an amazing art gallery oh. and I have popped in a few times haven't seen me but I have popped in <laughs> good good good, good. thank you uh, the name of your art gallery Anam Gallery it's um, the Irish word for soul and I feel that's what art is it's our, our soul expressing itself um, in a different way, in a visual way, instead of with words, or often with words, they're together, but it just opens that other door of imagination and dreams and wonder and all those things. And actually sometimes, and I've had this conversation with quite a lot of artists, um, sometimes it's easier to uh, paint or draw your dreams than to find the word. Yeah, and often it lets you discover your dreams. Yeah. You know, that they're, 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 we forever are being um, conditioned or uh, working through what maybe our parents or society or whatever want. And sometimes we don't even realise our own dreams. And I think, you know, particularly with young people, you can see that spontaneous reaction to things and discovery that we, are, as we grow older, lose. I actually was talking to my sister about this the other night. My sister lives in Canada. If you're tuned in, Kathleen, I'm talking about you. You know the way somebody says, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Or if you were a colour, what colour would you be? I remember the colour one coming up one time, and um, um, I said, gosh, I don't know what colour I'd be. And was Rosemary Langtree said, you'd be orange, of course you'd be orange, because <laughs> there's always orange in my art. Mm. And mm. as soon as she said it, I thought, yeah, you're right. Mm. But you know that you say to a child, what animal would you like to be? They know. Ask mm. an adult, I think, silly question. Yes. Do you know? Yes. And art can give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was one of the things with the Annam Gallery. I really wanted once a year to, to celebrate youth art because we neglect it sometimes, you know. And I just saw different opportunities there at different times because I taught art at a stage and then I had my own children and now I work with George. And I saw so many things that we couldn't celebrate about their art. I remember once being asked um, for Creative Arts Day or something to come to the school and do art. This is in my second life, not as a teacher. And I had done workshops about using art. And with the kids, it was National School from first class up. And the first class was so excited and so fun. And the art was so expressive. And each class as she went up for third, fourth, fifth, it became so conditioned, controlled. The flower was red, it was no other colour. The leaves were green, it was no other colour. There was nothing else in it. And you could just see how education had stifled that spontaneous joy of art. You know, and so yeah, in different ways, like a portfolio. I just see such a work goes into the leaving cert portfolios, and if the college doesn't accept them, it goes in a bin often. I mean, what, where else is there to go? And could we have exhibitions of that? There, these pieces of art let them pick one piece and send it in and have the pride and the joy of this is my work and it expresses part of me you know so so George is my first first and most amazing we'll introduce George there Rita 
Oh, George, he's a wonderful child and um, just amazing. And I'm privileged to know him and um, I'm privileged to be able to work with him. And I'm, I can truly say he teaches me more than I ever teach him. And it happened by accident. So many things in our life that are wonderful, let it be a partner you meet or uh, that happened by accident. And Paula was in our, our shop one day and she introduced George to me and she was saying to me that he loved art. And I said, will you come out to my, my studio? And she, Paula said, oh, no, no, that's a sacred place. Nobody goes there. And I said, nobody goes there, but George can come. And so she brought him out that week and I showed him around and my work and my materials and he was so excited. And I said, will you come every week, which he has done since now. I don't know how long ago. Is that two or three years oh, ago or whatever? Long time. Long time. And um, like I say, he was 10 at the time. So the, the exhibition is uh, using all those pieces we've worked through since. But he's taught me so much and one of his first things, can we use this? Can we use that? And these are materials. My husband can let me into any shop bar an art supply shop <laughs> or a bookshop and you can give me any amount of money and I'd, I'd be of no interest whatsoever but in those two places I'm dangerous and I have materials that I've bought over the years in different places that I've never used because I haven't I haven't um, investigated their use whereas he'd say well try this and I think oh my god I have to google it what do I do with it whereas he'd say really it doesn't have to be perfect come on let's experiment and he's brought such joy to the, and, and you can see if you look at my art over the last three or four years you can see so much more colour and so many things that he has brought to me so I'm so privileged to know him and he's such a positive positive gentle soul uh, so wise and so intelligent and I'm just so privileged but we've worked together and we put together his exhibition and asking him you know what are the titles of your series uh, one of them is Mountains of Thought where he, we d- he d- discovered and talked through how we choose our thoughts we ourselves choose what we'll think today positive or negative or whatever uh, the second one is amazing it's walking our own walk now I'm looking at a boy in a wheelchair and he's talking to me about this art expressing walking your own walk and that as he develops it with me he says you know being true to yourself doing what's you and this is the thing about George he doesn't see his limitations he is in a wheelchair he is terminally ill and he doesn't see any of those as being negative or being um, a limitation to him he he sees positivity in everything and he brings it and I come away thinking I've listened to people talk about the weather today, how miserable it is. And here I'm with George for a few hours and all he talks about, what colour will we use? What will we do? Will we try this? And it's just so positive. And so coming to his exhibition, which is opening on the 8th of October after school, about 4.45 till the 2nd of December, from 10 to 6, you will be able to see such positive, engaging work, which will make you think about things and um, his third his third series is being free and again he's talking about how we can be free free to choose our life free to choose our thoughts free to live and enjoy our life and he's just an inspiring uh, from his parents I must say as his parents are and as his brother Archie was and Isaac is I just don't know them as well because I have this wonderful space with George every week where it's just the two of us talking and uh, talking our own language I suppose because art is our own language so nobody else is let into that that door but um, I've talked a lot now so I'm just sitting here and it's very unusual for me to be quiet but I'm sitting here I I can see Anne's nodding over there and Paula um, I have no words as you know but I really do think I would love to see George going into classes to, to talk. Yeah. 
yeah. Oh, and there is so, why this exhibition is so important. It, it's a once in a lifetime exhibition. I'm telling you, forget other people or famous artists, yeah. because his art touches youth. Their enthusiasm, it represents youth, but it also represents mental health and positivity about, like, you know when somebody might be in a, a, a space um, uh, and have challenges and you can offer help and they'll say, it's okay for you. Well, I defy anyone, say, to George with his positivity and overcoming, it's okay for him because we have such tiny challenges compared to him. And in the three or four three years I've gone out to see him I've never once heard him say to me Rita my arm is sore or uh, any complaint about his his health and I would see sometimes you know tired after school or whatever it might be and he never speaks of that he only speaks of what do we do today and what excitement about his life so he has his exhibition says so much that youth people about youth and their 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 if we invest in them and listen to them, how they can help us that are so conditioned by society, by our education, by our age, by our attitudes, <coughs> that we can learn so much from them. So I invite you to, to open your mind to all the things he says. Like, we're doing a colouring book. I don't want to tell you too much because... No, I, I, because I, I want to say about... Somebody... I really... I, I wouldn't know George and Isaac as well as I knew Archie. No. no. I'm blown away by what you're telling me about George. George, to me, was much quieter. George and Isaac were much quieter than Archie. Yeah. Archie was bold. He was loud <laughs> and bold. <laughs> Wasn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> tenacious. I like the word tenacious. Okay. Rather than bold. When, you're, when you're telling me about um, George, I'm just sitting here in awe. Mm. I went out to the car park this morning and I said to somebody I met in the car park, I'm exhausted. I'm not exhausted anymore. I'm in awe. Yeah. Well, that's the way I come away. How I never have heard negativity come from him. But I'm sure he learned so much from Archie and from his parents and from Isaac. I mean, that twin <coughs> thing is special. You, you have a partner right through life, before life started almost, and is always there with you. But he's the one I know the most, so he's the one I can shout about. And through him, I'm sure, every the whole Nocton family shouts. I think, I think Rita, as usual, is hiding her own light under a bushel. She's not been true because to herself. Rita hasn't, Rita hasn't been wholly truthful. I have mm. to just confess this on your behalf. George loved art always, but he had completely lost his confidence. You missed that bit out, Rita. He thought he was rubbish. He thought he was useless. And, you know, I spoke to Rita about that. And, and she invited him out. And it's because of Rita mm. and because of the time and I think really their relationship, which is astounding. And we always tease and say George is Rita's grandson, her first grandson. And the challenge we have now is that she actually has her own grandson. <laughs> so George has a love rival. <laughs> and it's going to be really interesting to see how this pans out over the next few months, you know. But... No, in all seriousness, I do think, Rita, the relationship and the bond you have, I think you're very similar. I mm. think you affirm, you know, you have that real quiet um, creativity and that spirit. And they go off together and it's they could be six people could come into the house, as if they do, visiting. And the two of them are huddled over in their space and... You know, it's it's amazing to watch and how his confidence has grown. And that's because of 
the support and guidance and love that Rita has showered him with. Well, no, it's also art itself can open these doors, and particularly to maybe quieter people that uh, have so she, so she can't. She can't say. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Actually, I, I, I've done a lot for George. No. Hold on a second, ladies. I'm going to call in security. Yeah. Yeah. No, but art can. Can you referee? <laughs> We'd no. never fall out. We'd never. No, fall out. no, no. I, I take what Paul is saying, and I totally understand what Paul is saying. <clears throat> and Rita, you probably don't see that yourself, and I shouldn't mm. be pointing at you, but. You probably don't see that yourself. Your love of George and your um, time together and your developing and your art and your creativity mm. makes it that you don't maybe fully see how much you are inputting. Mm. Well, I, I'm grateful. I'm privileged to be able to input if yeah. that's the case, but I feel it's art and it's the, and it's him, yeah. his wisdom, his intelligence. He, you know, the first day he came out, I said, what colours will we use? He said, he mentioned an island I never heard of in the Pacific and he said, there are flags, colour is this and this is this. I'm looking at him, I never heard of this place. And then he can tell me the history of it and he can tell me the people and the culture and I'm sitting there in awe. So it, I am, I'm absorbing so much from him. And I mean, even my own pieces, I'll say, what do you think of that George or we'll talk and he'll say it needs a bit more yellow Rita and I mean it's a it's a two-way avenue and I'm getting far more than I give and that's what in life I always think that certainly no, you I give you get back a hundred percent more you're balancing yeah it. right right <coughs> but he's I, and I really hope you know for a whole lot of people I want young people after school or doing much more important much more important come during school so they miss a maths class I taught maths or, or miss, <laughs> miss a class it's definitely the best class to miss yeah. the maths so, class oh sorry Rita isn't doing maths anymore no no, no. <laughs> but, but, you know let children come and see what they could do with their art. You know, what they could do. And, like, you can purchase this art. We're putting it in poster form so that it won't be really expensive. But, and give them this. I could do this. I know I can do it. And George has started this as an example. And let people, I'm mm. always shouting about the gallery, the castle, the abbey, the town itself. To make people say, Roscommon, you know, that's where George's exhibition was. The young lad that inspired us all. Do you know? And let it be a destination of art just for his exhibition. He has three and a half weeks to come and see what all our young people can do. Just um, celebrate them. Celebrate them. And let them use it to express things in their life. Because George, particularly when Archie passed, he was able to use his art to, to do what he and say what he couldn't say and none of us could say but he was able to use it wasn't he Paula? It, it was, was very powerful and I mean it's I think Archie had been buried on the Monday and I rang you maybe on the Wednesday Rita and said you know is there any chance you could come and see him because he just wasn't speaking and he was just he was lost I mean they're still lost obviously without their brother but he he did the candle. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah With the yeah, black yeah, background yeah. and yeah, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, and then five weeks passed, and I used to say to George, "How are you?" And he'd say, "Fine," because he just wouldn't, you know, speak, speak. It. And I felt I'm not. He'll tell me when he's ready, whatever, you know. And then after five weeks. He, I, I came into the room and he said, I know what we're doing today. Uh, uh, the old George was back a little bit. And I said, what? And he said, we're doing a fast ocean and there's going to be a bottle in the middle of it. So we were working through this and at the end of it, I said, what's this really about her? What are you? And he said, Rita, loneliness is a fast ocean and you're all a bottle floating there by yourself. And I thought, how to describe loneliness, you know? And he had this peace and this... And then we talked it through more and more and more the next time and the next time and um, you know we discussed there are fish under 
this bottle and there's birds in the sky and a boat will pass. It might be passing today, but this bottle is floating and it'll find a shore. So we were able to so work through and he started five weeks later he said loneliness is this vast ocean and you're by yourself a bottle just floating there and that's one of his pieces and it's such a powerful piece and I suppose as I said for people to, we all feel that way at a time in our life it's, we're on our own here and there's no way to, and yet we will find that sure and there'll be a message in the bottle in whatever way you want to interpret it but that's a, another piece in his exhibition so each of his and when you see mountains of thought all the thoughts that can be in our mind but we pick today Rita what which one we're going to think on and you know there's this this exercise that if you have a hundred if you write down a hundred positive things our minds can't have a negative and a positive and we've talked through this so we can't have the negative thought there you know so the, but everyone can interpret it the way they want to interpret it so anyway the exhibition is opening on the 8th of October and you have three and a half weeks to come to see the amazing amazing and I said to him we're going to do a business card you're an artist now you know we ha- you're, you're, you have your so Paul has set up his email address and I said what we're going to put on this business card and this is what George said it's so typical George he said artist extraordinary perfect isn't it it says it all it says it all and somebody else said to him what's in the exhibition when he came to the opening of the gallery itself my first exhibition uh, somebody said what's your art like what's it going to be like and he said you'll have to come to the exhibition <laughs> to see it so, <laughs> is, I think is that's, what, that's not the George that I would remember. No, but that's the George that is. It's a bit like <coughs> Jacqueline Hyde. Reach has created this. Nice. this yeah. <laughs> but no, he ha- and I think I suppose as a, as a mental health professional, I think the thing that really inspires me to observe is that, you know, we work with adults all the time and it's very very difficult to articulate your mental distress or your loneliness or your grief that's just the nature of being human and we we have this big movement now about discovery colleges for younger people with mental health problems and recovery colleges for adults with mental health problems and here we have a 13 year old boy who somehow has grasped the language and the ability not through talking about mental health but through exploring his art and expressing himself and I think that's really really powerful and I think it is a lesson i've learned so much from him stop paula right there i've learned so much in the last 20 minutes i am blown away i'm absolutely blown away and i'm saying in the top of my head is george should be brought to schools oh yeah and when i say brought to schools i mean encouraged to come to schools and talk about his art and how loneliness in a bottle can develop into friends of fish flowers shore both going past and how that can be developed on and I really you know there's Mm. I've I've often sat with my canvas in front of me and I couldn't think of anything Mm. I've often left the canvas down and couldn't think of anything we all know about loneliness but I don't know if I could describe it I certainly don't know if I could Anne are you with me on that yeah absolutely yeah I mean art is just an amazing therapy really yeah you know, it's, and, and that's why it's used, I suppose, in a lot of places. Mm. You know? And I, I'm a come from yeah. an arty family, yeah. quite an arty family. Yeah, he's amazing. Amazing, but that is, I really think, um, George's ability to, and how old is George now? He was 13, 13 in May. But some of his work is 10, 11, 12, yeah. because it's, we've pulled yeah, pull different things. And you know what, another thing, is, in, look, but he's as much taught me, art is fun. 
it doesn't have to tick boxes to get yeah. into a portfolio. It's fun, Rita. Use the. I mean, I was taught be careful. Don't, that's expensive. Don't <laughs> don't use good paper. Don't don't use. You know. And he and he says to me, Rita, it doesn't have to be perfect. And as I said, I would have been ta- trained to d- draw correctly, get it proportionate, get the. Whereas he said, "Come on, <laughs> you know." And it's he's so many different. So he contributes in so much, so many ways. Life is worth listening to, and Paula has entertained us all through the ads. <laughs> Paul Nocton, um, Rita Orr and uh, Anne uh, Gertie Smith all sitting in studio. Um, I have to say, I'm still sitting listening to about George. I knew George. I didn't know him as well as I knew Archie. I knew George and uh, Isaac. Uh, but George has really turned into a, a young boy that I really now really want to get to know a little better and learn from. Before I come back to uh, Rita... Doris Lippert is an artist uh, from here in Athlone and uh, she's exhibiting in the new gallery in Boyle. Uh, she has at the moment little um, uh, cards that she's painted, all little uh, pieces around Athlone, like the castle, like um, um, different parts of uh, I'm saying Athlone. Roscommon. We know what you mean, it's fine. But the listeners don't. don't. They do. <laughs> if they're listening to Roscommon, they do. I'm really sorry. She has lovely paintings that she has uh, painted of the castle here in Roscommon. <clears throat> Another um, um, uh, focal points here in Roscommon. And she has these little cards on sale. But now she has them in pictures and they're framed. And they're in the new art gallery in Boyle, opposite Lovett's Calf. That's, I think, where the old Royal Hotel used to be. And her exhibition is starting on the 11th of November to the 11th of January. Now, I think we're we're all getting confused. Are we? Are we all in October or September? I've made the mistake. It's the 8th of November to the 2nd of December. And I twice said, but it's November George's exhibition is. Now, can I just put my calendar together? So on the 7th of November, I'm in Arda. 7th of November, up to Arda, yeah. Up, up Arda. <laughs> on the 11th of November, I'm in... No, the 8th. The 8th. The, Keep the up, eight, Ashla. The eight, <laughs> at, at about 4.45, um, we'll be opening George's exhibition in Riscalum, an Am Gallery, an Am Main Gallery. Street. And then on the 11th of November, I'll be in Boyle. Yes, you'll be very busy. I'll be very busy. <laughs> and we're coming along. Oh. And I want to also thank Jane Walsh. She's an amazing... Jane. Button Studio is her business, but she helped... She created my first exhibition, the opening exhibition in Anam Gallery. And she was amazing. She pulled everything together, everything together, where everything was falling down. And um, so I asked her what she had me with George's, and she has done an amazing job in everything with IT and in putting words she's together beautiful. you go on. she's amazing she's just person. nothing yeah. is a problem and and she really she wants to check is George what does George think of this what is everything has to go past George everything hence the email address being set up um, and she just she's just very very talented very beautiful and very she's a visionary yes and I can't yeah she's uh, great so love her stuff Button Studio you can see it on her website but just she's amazing and such a creative artist in so many ways Mm -hmm. and again she sees the vision of all that George has done and been able to put it together in a way I wouldn't have in terms of uh, doing all the the digital stuff with it and it's just amazing so thank you thank you Mm. Jane and Jane is Button Studio where's Yes. At Lone, at Lone, at Lone. We're all local. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Jane Walsh, Jane Walsh, <coughs> and um, she. Her work is in. For, it's it's all over. It's nationally all over. And I thought um, I recognised her. Don Jane, um, for <coughs> you know, mm. in my shop, 
and I've worked with her and I love selling her uh, any of her pieces because I can say to people I know the artist she is such a positive fun person and that's probably why she gets Georgia's story, story so easily is that she herself is such a, a wonder and everything has to she doesn't ask what Paula thinks or what Rita thinks what does George think and even this morning we had emails before school what colour on this little um, business card and George three or four this one or this one or this one it's George so it is 100% George isn't yeah, it yeah absolutely <laughs> I'm going to change that. We're off to the Dublin City Marathon. Again. <coughs> That's, um... Again. So, yeah, that I mean... That started how many years ago? Well, re- I suppose it really started in, you know, the local Harriers ran the Dublin City Marathon in 2014 when the Trust was launched. And um, a lot of local people donned the Join Our Boys um, running top and they did that and then they were headed up really by Frank Murphy and Sinead Gannon who were running the Harriers at the time and of course as you well know one of Archie's many passions was sport anything, anything with a ball, a bat, a racket water, Archie or yeah but in relation to sport anything Archie would have a go at anything and did try everything um, martial arts the whole lot and as he was becoming as it was becoming more difficult for him to move um, you know that was a challenge for him but like George and like Isaac um, he never ever complained he just kept trying and just kept going and he was very lucky he was in a school Roxburgh National School that was headed up by Michael Cleary and you know we'd had the conversation let him go in the goal if he breaks his leg he'll break his leg happy do you know what I mean I take full responsibility as his mum there's no problem and Michael facilitated that and the teachers and they were amazing and Sinead came to me one day and we loved Sinead (laughs) Paul used to wear high heels at the time we loved Sinead Um, she's another really I suppose and look Duchenne has been an absolute nightmare for our family it's a horror show that just keeps taking rather than giving it's been I can't even tell you how horrific it is every day but we've met the most incredible people and that's what gives us hope and they're the people that have given our children so much hope and support and Sinead came and said right what we're going to do is Arch is doing the marathon this year so of course I said and how is that going to happen (laughs) And we were in Gleeson's with Mary Gleeson and Courtney Gleeson, who at the time, you know, would walk to the post office and to eight till eight and no further. And um, she said, we're all doing it. So well, I thought she meant the Harriers. She said, no, no, we're, we're all doing it. Can I just go back? Paula wore high heels at the time. <laughs> So anyway, that's how it started. And um, Jim Orkney, who is the race director um, of the Dublin City Marathon and still is the race director of Dublin City Marathon, um, he probably needs some Nobel Peace Prize because nothing is ever a problem. And he basically took Join Our Boys and mainly Sinead under his wing and instantly understood the need to open up Uh, an international event like Dublin City Marathon to people that can't walk or have additional needs or whatever is the politically correct phrase to to um, apply to these situations but essentially what he what he agreed was that people who have challenges in life should be entitled to be part of the biggest race in the country and so 
Archie and his team were entered and we researched running buggies and we weren't getting very far and Team Kerr, ironically the same maiden name as me, are based up in, in um, the north and they contacted us and their son Aaron who has a very complex needs, has a kidney donor trans um, recipient, um, gave us a buggy the first running buggy that we had and were being so so supportive to us and that was the first year and Archie Dunn did completed Dublin City Marathon and um, with with five runners five harriers basically and he loved every single minute of it he was at home with that buggy and a load of us did it as well and then the next year um, that was 2017 2018 Michael Oates, I think maybe nine, 2019, did that. People from around, near and far, who would never, ever, ever even have put on a pair of trainers, decided they would run or walk Dublin City Marathon for Join Our Boys. And it was, I can't even tell you, I've done it three times, and it's one of those things you have to experience, the support from the crowd. You think, oh, I just can't go up another hill, and they'll will you on. There's, I'm sure Michael told you, Rita. I mean, Rita would have been in the crowd on all of them, um, and lots of people from Roscommon, Athlone, and again, we've met incredible people. People have come from England to run for Join Our Boys. You know, some a woman came from France one year. So on Sunday, um, Archie, uh, for Team Archie, George and Isaac are completing the marathon. Isaac did it last year in memory of his brother and he loved it and this year George decided he wanted to do it so on Sunday Isaac and George will be completing the Dublin City Marathon for Team Archie in memory of of their brother Archie and they can't wait um um tell me that again sorry I, I, I was, I'm I'm so engrossed in the whole thing Isaac and George yeah George did it last year, was it? No, Isaac did it last yeah. year. Isaac did it last year, and then George is doing it this sure. year. So, so it'll be so. So George is doing the art. Isaac did the marathon last yeah. year. So Isaac took on the marathon first. He did in memory of his brother, and then you know George explained to him how Isaac explained to George how amazing it was, and George asked, could he do it? So um, we because the running we since we had the first buggy we bought a very expensive buggy and we don't have the resources to buy another so MMS who is the wheelchair company that has supported the boys all along they've loaned us um, a running buggy now it's a bit smaller so George is going to use that one but, and um, you have been you have been training rehearsing as well. yeah they've been <laughs> they've been rehearsing and um you know and it's it's you know someone said to me the other day oh you know the boys are being pushed and i said yeah the boys are being pushed but we don't understand is they have a muscle wasting disease isaac has chronic pain all the time in his back so they have to be prepared for it and it's not it's not just like well, it's not just a jog around the park no. it's 26.2 miles in a particular position that is really difficult and somebody you know, else is controlling your Somebody body. else is controlling And if it. they hit a, a, so, a pothole, which I presume they won't be doing, but... But it's... I that It will mean it's the, you know, the first... There are lots of other assisted runners now. Jim Orkney always says, you know, that it was Sinead and Team Archie that started this whole thing and would always hold Archie in high esteem. And last year, they... Um, it was... Because, obviously, the last marathon Archie did was 2019. 
yes. try not to get upset, but um, it's it's, but, it's very but, difficult not to get yeah. upset. But last problem. year, what they did is La- Archie's ironically La- Archie's last race number was two one six two sixteen, and he was sixteen when he died, and they retired his number, which is a big deal. Like, is a massive deal for any um, you know athletic organization to retire a number. So they they presented the boys with um, a framed. Um, image of 216. So, you know, it's a very powerful experience for our family and, and many people in the community. And Archie is missed. Yeah, Archie is very much missed. Um, and Archie will always be missed. Um, George and Isaac are turning into be amazing creative uh, twins. I would say, even from our team in Athlone, uh, who ran the marathon with, with uh, Archie yeah. on several occasions, yeah. um, are looking at George and Isaac now and saying, wow, haven't they, have they come along? And it's not an easy journey, and it's, it's, there's a lot of <coughs> practice and rehearsing going into it. And for other people, yes, Rita? Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't run a marathon. I would die <laughs> 20 times, <laughs> and so. But uh, I'd said to, to George, uh, you're, are you... You're, are you it's going to be great fun and this is how I say he turns things around I'm looking at him I wouldn't be you know it's going to be great fun and it's the positivity that oozes from uh, from them and the way that, it, nothing is a challenge and as as Paula said there that there is such pain and deterioration whatever I have never once heard them and I'm out every week with them the boys in any way complain about anything anything and I I'm sitting there and I come home and I think, oh, I better say nothing about anything. But, but they're but amazing. But also I think the people that take on the job, I mean, it's hard enough to run a marathon, but to support, you know, an athlete that has additional needs is an enormous responsibility. And we've been so lucky. Do you know, there have been so many, you know, Frank Murphy, Mark Gilleran, the Denby Allen girl. I call, I call them both the Denby <laughs> Allen, although they're not both Denby Allen. They're both My Denbys. contribution. You're, you, you, got, you got the Denby Allen, the Denby girls, I should they were called the wags. They all called yeah. themselves the wags. That so time, yeah. you know, Frankie Carr, <coughs> Sinead's husband, um, Tonya, Tonya Hand, Adrian Smith. I mean, they, I've, I've missed people out because there've been but you so many make bads. Up the amount of support, no. and you see, it works two ways, Paula. While they're supporting, join our boys and this horrible disease, Dushin. They are being part of a community, and we are part of your community. Rita probably says the same thing. We're part of Join Our Boys community. And this is horrendous. But anything anyone can do to support you, Porg, and the boys, remember Archie as well. That's what we're there to do. And that, in a way, gives us some solace. Does that make sense to anyone? Am I making sense? And I know we'll all be with you on uh, Sunday. What time are you starting? Oh well, you know, it's the, the, they've changed how they they're starting the marathon now with the assisted runners. They used to go out first, but now they're going to let the elite runners go first, then wave one, and then the assisted runners. So I, I suppose it will be. It might be about half nine, quarter to ten. It's going to be later because the problem is they get. Although they give them a twenty-minute start, the the elite athletes are like a herd of. I can't even describe them. The noises, the sound, you know, all of it they trample you, do you know, because it's, a, it's at the end of the day, it's a competitive event. So I think they're going to be starting between half nine and quarter to ten this year, which is a bit later. Okay. So they'll finish later. But look, they're going to have great fun. Um, 
George and Isaac can I wish them all the best in the marathon their team, their runners and hopefully this will gain the momentum that uh, uh, Archie's Team Archie did and it'll get bigger and better every year and really and truly I need to get George and Isaac in here after hearing all of George's positivity and uh, Isaac and the marathon uh, they need to rub some of that off on us. I am sorry if I moaned this morning but I would not be moaning this afternoon. You can hear it from George and Isaac I am not moaning. Excellent. Uh, I have 33, uh, 30 seconds to say goodbye. <laughs> Paula thank you, wish oh, you all gosh. the best, wish you the boys and Porrick all the best Rita Thank you. Wish you all the best uh, as well. And good luck with the exhibition, the, the launch. Your date is the 7th? The 7th of November. The 8th of November, 4.45 to the 2nd of December. They're all November dates and the 11th of November uh, in Boyle. Thank you so much. Over now. Catch up with you next week. Mary, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>